All right, what's going on, boys and girls? Welcome back to another episode of Pack the Brew. We got a crazy series in Toronto this week with the Blue Jays and Yankees and with our number one Yankees hater on this podcast. I'm going to throw it to Charlie to break this series down a little bit. Uh, so for those that are unaware of why the Yankees and Blue Jays were a hot topic, let's start with Monday. The Blue Jays broadcast made a weird accusations that Aaron Judge was cheating by... Looking at the uh, third first base coach, excuse me, claiming that he was stealing signs just because there's a frame of him looking in that direction, and of course he hits a home run during that at bat to kind of shut them up, but it doesn't shut up John Schneider and them who went to the MLB and complained about, you know, what was going on in a box. Of course, uh, Blue Jays third base coach wasn't really in a box, um, you know, and throughout that. And on the Tuesday game to follow up, it, it was crazy. Many things happening, including Aaron Boone and John Schneider yelling at each other um, from the opposing dugouts. And of course, John Schneider calling someone a fat boy, which um, he has zero self-awareness, by the way, because his body mass index does not favor him. I'm not trying to be mean, but he tends to be a loud mouth. Um, he did this last year and got Kyle Snyder, the race pitching coach, mad, so... You know, I don't really feel bad for calling uh, John Schneider names, but, you know, he doesn't feel bad about calling someone a fat boy, which I'm still confused on who it was because I don't think anyone on the Yankees is um, that hefty, in my opinion. You know, of course, Aaron Boo wanting the third base coach to be in the box and all that. And, of course, the one thing everyone talked about and probably the worst time thing you could do, Domingo Herman was caught with sticky stuff on his hands. He claims he claims it was a rosin bag, even though the ump said it wasn't because he smelled rosin. That wasn't it. And he was also spotted with substance on his pants. It was one camera shot where he's rubbing something on his pants. You could very clearly tell it's something on there. But he, he claims it was tobacco, which, uh, yeah, no, that's we're not believing that. And, you know, Aaron Boone had every right to be mad at Domingo Herman, saying he put the Yankees in a tough spot. And, you know, this is a guy who did not learn his lesson after the Twins game where he was told to wash his hands. Second time around, it's like, oh, I got caught again. I mean, what an idiot and what a loser. I mean, he already got suspended a couple years ago for a off-the-field incident, and now he's suspended on the field. And it's crazy. Yeah, um, I was pretty. I was pretty interested with this series. Obviously, there was a lot of storylines to follow. Um, I'm. I'm gonna start with the uh, Aaron Judge thing. I'm. I'm not sure whether or not that it is. I don't think it is cheating. Like honestly, like that. I think he could have easily been tipping pitches, and we've seen that before. And even if it is like him looking for signs, that's not cheating in my opinion. That's the game of baseball. You're if the catcher is willing enough to flash signs and get busted with them then there's really no if there's no electronics involved no no harm no foul in my opinion so i i, I, I actually go ahead you know you got it i was gonna say i actually agree with that because um yeah i made a joke about the yankees cheating with the aaron judge screenshot i it had ryan concerned for a moment um but uh you know i don't think aaron judge was cheating and if you consider looking at catcher Catcher signs to be cheating. Well, okay, but 
PitchCon was invented for this reason. I mean, remember yeah. Fernando Tatis, quote unquote, stole Trevor Bauer's sign a couple years ago, and Bauer threw a hissy fit. Which we'll talk about him later on the show. Yeah, but um, and it's a tale you know, of time, right? Like if you're using, if I know that there's there's a pretty good clip of Bryce Harper like talking to Reese Hoskins. I think it was the World Series last year. He's like he's tipping really hard, so like hunt fastball. And that's exactly what he did. And Reese Hoskins went out and hit a bomb. So if it's tipping pitches, if it's giving up signs, it's like, I don't think that there's anything wrong with what judge did. And then as it pertains to Herman, uh, as a, as a, as a guy who gets pretty sweaty hands, like I understand like the sweating and like the rubbing off and combined with rosin, uh, that's known to be one of the stickier stubs substances, even though if it's not illegal, right. If pitchers are allowed to use rosin, uh, Obviously, you don't dump sweat on your hands, right? So, I it, he could just be it could just be rosin and sweat. I'm not coming to defend Domingo Herman, but I'm trying to get people to keep an open mind here. Uh, I don't really think that maybe maybe it is. Obviously, this is his second time getting caught with it. But if it is just sweat and rosin, which and then getting told to rub it out with alcohol, which is notably one of the stickier substances. I watched a video on that uh, RPM just boost when you're talking sweat, rosin, and alcohol, I mean, is it anything wrong? Is it just, they just keep getting him? I, I don't know. It, it, here's the thing. I would agree with that. If the umpire literally didn't say it didn't feel like Rawson. And, you know, I, I kind of, I don't like umpires, but in that case, you kind of can't really deny anything, you know? I mean, it, it's, it, it, it's, 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 it's interesting. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't sweat know. and rosin though the sweat and rosin feel like the same thing as rosin like i think that that's i think that that's what what you got to think about right but you know at the same time I, I i just i don't know i can't really trust you know a yankee right now with that especially what happened with clark smith the other night but before i get to that i would like to add another comment to the aaron judge incident because I just remembered this. I think a Blue Chase pitcher did admit to tipping. So, you know, yeah, that no cheating there. That's just a Blue Chase being stupid. Can, can I also just show that forget tipping, forget stealing signs, whatever. That I felt like any any high school hitter could have hit that ball 400 feet. He had a slider right down the middle of the plate, much less to a home run champion of last year. Yeah. yeah, hanging a breaking ball to one of the best hitters in a game does not mean you're going to have a fun time. Speaking of not having a fun time, let's talk about Clark Schmidt. I mentioned him a few seconds ago. Um, in yesterday's game against the Reds, he was checked for a sticky substance and was told to wash his hands. And of course, you know, that led to Reds manager David Bell to get ejected because he wasn't happy with Clark Schmidt staying in a game this is the second time this has happened with the Yankees where someone gets checked and you know they get to stay in a game despite the fact they were told to wash their hands I mean you know I don't think they're cheating on the offensive end but you know right now they are leaving a lot to be suspicious of uh, you know Herman's ejection Schmidt's uh little run-in with the umps and of course Herman's first incident earlier in the season I mean I don't know for sure if they're cheating, but it, this isn't a great look for them right now. 
I think it's really absurd how the MLB has dealt with this. I feel like there's been a lack of uh way that it's been dealt with, especially with leaving her. Didn't I don't think Herman faced a suspension for the first one, if I'm not mistaken. No, he got to say in a game, if you get ejected right. because of it, you get automatically suspended. Right. So I just really wish that there was like, if, if Manfred was really trying as hard as he can to try and get rid of this stuff, then it'd be like, anything even close and that's then it becomes an up show and i i understand why he's not doing that but really if you're trying to get rid of people uh using it then it's like if you're even close it doesn't matter if you're using rosin and sweat it doesn't matter if you're using rosin and sweat alcohol just anything period boom gone right yeah i don't get why they're letting these guys get a chance to stay in the game if, if it's something that's even borderline like hey yeah just go wash your hands that I think that should be an ejection. If you truly want to be super strict on it and come down hard, then I, I don't I don't get why the umps are giving these guys chances like that. Right. And then they go eject David Bell too. They're like, hey, Clark, Clark Smith, you're not ejected for making you go wash your hands, but the manager for arguing about that is ejected. I hate when umpires do stuff like that. It, it's and weirdly enough, this is the third time that's happened with the Yankees this year where the manager gets ejected, but not the wrongdoer. The Domingo Herman incident in Minnesota, Clark Schmidt in Cincinnati. The third one is, um, you know, something that happened not too long ago. Captain Cash getting ejected in Tampa because Albert Abreu pitched up and in and hit Randy Rosarina. And that was the second time he got plunked after not only hitting a home run, but kind of did the pose in front of the Yankees dugout. I mean, at some point you got to say that's suspicious, but you know, it's just so weird how the managers have gone ejected instead of the p- person actually doing something wrong. And speaking of a guy, or I guess it's not really a guy, more of a guy on a team who did something wrong. Of course, Jose Altuve and the Astros. Altuve it will be returning, or he already did last night. Astros 25 and 19. They won five games in a row. They're still a reigning World Series champ, second in the West, though. Uh, Mauricio Dubon hasn't been horrible at second, still been, you know, average, give or take. But obviously, Altuve is a huge upgrade here and can really get Houston to, you know, the Astros type level. Right, yeah, this is a huge return for the Astros. I mean, yeah, he bent over four in his first um, game since injury and with a walk, but, you know, it's still having having a guy like Jose Altuve on your team is a big, big upgrade compared to Mauricio Dubon. I mean, he did really well. He had his long hitting streak. Um, fortunately, it continued against the race, but, you know, it, you know, now you got, you know, one of the best second basemen in baseball, probably the best second second baseman in baseball and you got a pretty good bench player Mauricio Dubon so you know the Astros still stacked um still gonna be missing some pieces right now with Luis Garcia out and Lance McCullers out but you know they're still a really good team and we'll see what happens with Altuve back on the roster I believe that this shouldn't be a take that even needs to be fired off but do you think the Astros are gonna overtake the Rangers with the return of Altuve yes yeah I, I, next yeah. month, if not I before. Mean, you know, you guys know how high I was on Texas before the season, being in second place, and I still believe they're a second place team at best because either the Astros or Mariners could get their um, bad word together. Um, you know, but 
you know, I, I don't think it's a controversial take to say the Astros are going to overtake the Rangers. I mean, that's just how it is. And speaking of things that are, that are the way they are, we're seeing an increase in Tommy John's. Yay! Tyler Malley from the Twins got Tommy John. Justin May went on IL because of a flexor pronator strain, which could lead to another Tommy John for him if, you know, this is what's happening. And, of course, he came off Tommy John not too long ago, so this would be a huge step back for Justin May. And he also got, you know, True Rasmussen recently going on to 60-day IL with very similar entry. And you got... Um, who was at the time one of the best prospects in baseball and was having a pretty good season in the minor leagues. He was added to MLB pipeline prospect list 25 minutes before the news was released, but Kumar Rocker, the third overall pick for Rangers, um, he was doing well there, and now he's going to be missing some time due to Tommy John, and I know things just seem to be getting crazy. I mean, so many more... Tommy John said usual. What are your guys' takes about why that number is increasing? All right. This is this is scary because I think I've mentioned this before. And I'm not saying that this is the all in all. But if we're thinking variables from last year to this year, the biggest one is the pitch clock. I'm not going to say that that is all in all. You're one-on-one, that this is the one to cure it all. But – in terms of things that you're thinking about from last year to this year, there is an increase in Tommy Johns, as Charlie's just mentioned. We have, you, when you're giving pitchers 20, maybe 15 seconds to pitch the ball, I mean, I know I know that sometimes in high school, like players, their injuries, their arms hurt a little bit, and then they're, they're taking like probably maybe 30 seconds to just, you know, shake it off a little bit, not try and throw anything that you know is going to hurt. But when you're in the MLB like that, you don't really have an option. So I'm not going to, if, if I'm, you know, like up against the wall, like backs against the wall, what is it? I'm going to tell you it's the pitch clock. That's, that's my take. Yeah. I agree with you that the pitch clock has an effect, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it's one of those things I don't feel, I can't have a hard time getting mad at the pitch clock for because it's like, you had a whole off season to prepare. It's not like Manfred, what Manfred did in 2021 where he just said, Hey, we're going to do a sticky stuff check in the middle of the season. You guys won't have time to prepare to not use any of the stuff you usually use to get a good grip. So right. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll counter, I'll counter with this. This is the, is the human body able to just adapt like that? Like you get, what what's the off season? Like multiple uh, months. Um, yeah. Like three months, maybe four. Feels like that's enough time to get more adjusted to the pitch clock than anything, especially the ones where, especially the pitchers that didn't make it to the playoffs, they had extra more time to, to do that. And it was like, they already gave them, you know, a heads up like, Hey, this is going to change in 2023. So start getting things going. And, you know, obviously they're not adjusting to it well, but at the same time, it's like, you know, maybe prepare better next time. You know, it's just one of those things like, it's just one of those things we just kind of have to play both sides to this because you can't just blame it all on one world change. I think the Kumar Rocker part is really interesting. I don't think it has anything to do with the pitch clock for him specifically, at least. Um, You know, Charlie, you you brought it up. Uh, Number three overall pick last year. But last year, the year before that, uh, he was the 10th overall pick by the Mets in 21. And he did not sign with the Mets because the Mets were kind of, you know, they're questionable with his, his medicals his his, this exact reason really. Um, so I think it really is interesting that 
you know, the Mets are maybe kind of proven right less than a year later. And I'll be honest, I thought the Mets were just being kind of petty during during that situation. So to see them be proven right, uh, nothing against Rocker, obviously great great pitcher, great prospect, even will be after his Tommy John surgery. But it's just kind of crazy that the the Mets were right during all this. Yeah, and, you know, something I remember, like in that 2021 season where he was at Fairbelt, he fell off kind of badly. He had a pretty on Kumar Rocker-like year. He was overtaken by Jack Leiter. Was that him that was the ace of that team? Yeah. And it's just... You know, something I feel like everyone, including me, should have been suspicious of because Kumar before 2021 was like, yeah, there's no doubt he's the number one overall pick. And then, of course, he falls to 10. And then this year he gets back up to three without pitching at all. And, you know, I just think there there was something wrong with his right elbow. It's just they never attended to or did not look what happens. So Rocker's prospect stock and card stock will also be falling a little bit with it, with uh, that news coming out. And one player that we all believe could fall off, we all chose a different player here, but one player that we believe could fall off after either just a super hot start or something else, my pick for that was Matt Chapman. No hate for the guy. This guy's been a great player with the A's, but his first couple of years with Toronto has not been as good. And I mean, dude's been so insane throughout April and in the first couple of weeks of May that I, I can't see him keeping it up. Still, still going to be a, a fantastic defender at third base, but overall won't have a 900 OPS. This one, it might be more of a hot take. I mean, there were so many choices and like, you know, I don't think like this guy's the only one out of the group I thought of to fall off, but more I'm more confident will fall off a bit, and that's James Outman. He does have a bunch of 41 WRC plus right now. I don't see that being um sustainable. He's got a sixty-six point two contact percentage, which if you don't know how bad it is, that's lower than Joey Weimer's contact rate. And guys know how bad Joey Weimer's been to begin the season. And, of course, he's got a 31.9 called strike rift percentage, which is the 10th worst in the MLB among qualified hitters. Uh, two, 225 expected batting average. He has a 264 batting average. A 420 expected slugging, 541 slugging. I mean, I don't think he'll be a bad player, but I don't think he'll be the front runner for the NL Rookie of the Year kind of thing. I mean, you know, there were other choices like Brent Rooker and uh, Bryce Elder, but I went with Altman because his, um, ex- his stats aren't really favoring him that much. So I said that this player was going to bounce back in the beginning of the season, and he did start hot. I was very happy with my prediction up until this this month. Uh, my my player to fall off is Jack Sawinski. Uh, he batted 280 in April and March, and then like with six homers and 18 ribbies, and now he's batting under – He's batting under 175 with a, a homer and 18, 18 strikeouts so far in May. So that was my player to unfortunately uh, fall off. My player to get it going to uh, wrap around the horn here is going to be Nolan Arenado. Uh, I think that he never really had. I, I think that he's just really going to be that guy for the Cardinals. Um, 303 so far in May. Uh, he hit 239 in uh, March, April. So. That's that's my guy to really really ramp it up. What didn't he have like seven straight games with a homer? Or am I thinking someone else? It was at least five. I don't know if yeah. he had the seven. Yeah, I 
See, I almost went with Nolan Arenado, but that felt like cheating because of how hot he's been. Like, you know, not, not bad, not bad. I'll take that one. No, 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 yeah. no. That's fine. But you know, this one you could say is cheating too because he's been having a better week this week. But um, Brandon Lau, he's got 107 WRC plus right now. But I'm a race fan. I know how this goes. He always starts the year slow, then gets things going. And ever since the Yankee series on the road, he's been better. He's got. A 19.4 strike percentage since the 11th, 16.1 walk percentage, and a 124 WRC+. plus. So I definitely can see him getting himself back on track very soon. It's not very uncharacteristic of Brandon Lau to have this kind of year. Um, and I feel like we could be seeing a hotter Brandon Lau very sooner rather than later. My player that I think could get it going is going to be Juan Soto. His last 14, or honestly, even his last 28 games, he has a 978 OPS. As always, a 442 OBP, always getting on base, even when he was struggling. His last six games kind of falling off, hitting under the Mendoza line, but again, very small sample size right there. But I think he will con- uh, consistently get it going only if he gets traded out of San Diego. I don't think he will keep up the May he's had. If he stays in San Diego, I mentioned it uh, a couple podcasts ago that I think he will be traded at the deadline. Um, we'll see where that's to, but I, I think only if he gets traded on, so it'll keep it going. Now that we got our players out of the way, let's talk about our winners and losers of the week. I'll start with my winners of the week, and this, my winner is kind of uh, me being a good sport here, but uh, my winner of the week is the Mets. Um, they won a series against a team with the best record in MLB. Had a lot of clutch moments in that series with Francisco Alvarez, his game-tying homer, Pete Alonso walking us off. I mean, an impressive series win for the Mets. And you also have them walking off the Guardians last night, and a man to do it was Francisco Lindor. And, of course, before that, Pete Alonso tied it up with a grand slam, down 5 nothing, and they tied it at sub-7. Pretty good week for a team that has been struggling to get things going this year. So I'm going to say the Mets are my winner of the week. My one of the week is going to be a starting pitcher in Pittsburgh. The Pirates have struggled in May. They've fallen back to second place and are close to 500 at this point. But starting pitcher Mitch Keller has really put a name to himself. He's been a solid arm throughout his young career, but I mean, he's really dominating right now. And his last start on Monday against Baltimore, uh, one of the better teams in baseball record wise, he went seven scoreless and struck out 13 guys. He absolutely demolished it. He killed it in Baltimore too. My, I just had on the road and uh, obviously some struggles in Pittsburgh, but he's not one of those problems. My winner of the week is uh friendship Xander, uh, Xander Bogarts and Rafi Devers last night exchanged line of cards for the Padres and uh, uh, Padres and Red Sox following his following those two. Uh, they those they both played for Boston, so it was nice to see that. Uh, my loser of the week is the Yankees for uh, what we were talking about earlier with Herman and Judge uh, just back in the news for things that they probably don't want to be associated with. Um, my loser three. Um, I don't know if I can do two people, but it's a tie. I can't choose between the two. Um, Domingo Herman, we t- talked. Domingo Herman, we talked about Rye. You know, he's a loser earlier with his ejection uh, in Toronto. But a guy that I feel like needs to be talked about more is Trevor Bauer. Yesterday, he was sent down to the minor leagues in the NPB. The NPB. No disrespect to anyone that plays in that league. Great players have come for that league, and we know there's some players that could be good in the 
be, but probably don't want to leave home. But, you know, this is such an L for Trevor Bauer to not only go to a different country and play baseball, but you are in the minor league system of that country. And, you know, minor leaguers in a foreign baseball league is not really going to help your case in MLB anytime soon. So Domingo Herman and Trevor Bauer tied for first on my loser of the week. Both people that did awful things off the field, getting what they deserve. I just want to say I'll, I'll take my L on on Bauer pitching Japan. I was I was hyping the heck out of him um, Me too. on on field wise. I'm like this guy's going to absolutely dominate. Put up some of the I think I said he's going to put up some of the greatest numbers we've seen um, over in Japan, and here he is just getting absolutely shelled. So uh, that's that's crazy to see, man. I I had some. Uh, high expectations for him, but my loser of the week is going to be honestly loser of the, the year so far. How about the San Diego Padres, man? They spent how much money so far this year? And they're 20 and 25 losers of three straight games. They're eight and a half games back of the first place Dodgers. They, I mean, but I feel like this should be known. The Dodgers are better than the Padres. And just because of a playoff series from last year, don't get me wrong. Great series. But I mean, the, the Dodgers are still the big brother here. They've absolutely dominated this division and they, they own the Padres and I don't see the Padres coming back to at least win the West. They could still definitely obviously make a wild card spot. They're only three back, but 20 and 25 with one of the highest payrolls in baseball. Just going to say, we're, we're going to help out the Padres next weekend when I go see them play the Rays play the Dodgers. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another episode of Pack the Brew. Be sure to go find us on all of the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok. Uh, just posting highlights over on Twitter. Uh, just updates on, on the Instagram and we're working on TikTok. So uh, that, that'll be it for the... All links down in the description, by the way, also. Every time. Uh, as always... Thank you guys for listening. See you guys in the next episode.